It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. We're the defective characters. Three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. I'm James here. The opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today, we'll be sharing our experience with miracles in episode 44 of the Defective Characters podcast. Let's go. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Yeah, James. Oh, no. That's That's James. That's so scary. That's James. Do do people know that, like, you're the the last yell that we just heard? That was you. What was it again? (laughs) Don't quit before the miracle happens. Were you you angry? Were you punching something when you recorded that the first time? No, it was... I think I, I don't really like my voice when I hear it back, so I wanted since they had to hear that every single time. <laughs> every time I hear it, I picture of like a gunny sergeant, drill sergeant, or something like leaning over me with his finger in my face, like "Don't quit before the miracle happens." Like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely a character effect. <laughs> so the uh, how's everything been? First of all, just checking up on you guys. What's what's the latest? Um, I got um, bringing my kids back in a few days, um, in about five days, and I, I got I had to keep them. I got to keep them for uh, half the summer. We had a, a lot of fun. Actually, yesterday my son was like my sixteen-year-old. He's like, Dad, how come you know you don't make uh, Dylan and I do any chores? And I was like, Well, first of all, do you want to do chores? He's like, Well, not necessarily. I was like. Well, when you go home to your mom's, do you do chores? It's like, yeah, a lot. I was like, okay. So consider this like a nice little break. But when you go back, you help your mom so much with the chores. And I was like, also, I don't want you breaking my dishes. <laughs> <laughs> he said, okay, Dad. Yeah, it's just been kind of like a, a fun, chill month and a half. Yeah. Well, it was like a vacation for him. We got to have a lot of fun and hang out. And... Oh, vacation for me, too. There's no pool. I missed the pool. But oh well. So would you count them as one of your miracles? The relationship that you have with them? Yeah. I've been blessed by two very um, understanding and just wonderful children. And, you know, they they were both happy miracles. um, Both happy... uh, uh, unplanned mistakes, <laughs> if you will, but I couldn't imagine my life without them. Uh, they're they're just so smart and funny, and they've got their own little personalities. And you know, they they know about me and my challenges, a lot of the challenges. They don't know everything, but God forbid. Um, but they're they're just like they don't care about that. They they just want a dad, and you know, we're all very happy that we got to spend half the summer together. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll continue to be in their lives and to, to help them, to coach them, 
to, to give them advice, um, just be the dad that, you know, I was fortunate enough to have, you know, just uh, living the legacy, if you will, passing down what my dad taught me. So it's very nice. And now, now you've got a little daughter, Mike, you know, what a miracle. You got to talk about her. For, for sure. And, and I know, uh, I know Dennis in particular wanted to kind of break down because people think miracles before the program, what a miracle is probably has a different definition than uh, what spoke about. I think I've heard the slogan a couple different ways. Don't quit before the miracle happens and don't quit five minutes before the miracle happens. Do you have a definition of miracle, Dennis? Um, I don't know. I think like in, you know, for me anyways, it was like the concept of what a miracle was before I came into the program was like supernatural events, you know, that you read about in the Bible or like through religions or whatever that were like, you know, divine intervention in the sense of like lightning coming down and striking someone or like, you know, parting the Red Sea or stuff like that. But then like in recovery, it's become more of like the miracles of like everyday life, like, like the blessings that we get or, you know, um, you know, I think like when you talk about like the miracle of five minutes before it had like that particular slogan or whatever, to me, it seems to be about like that obsession of the mind, you know, like when we wake up every day and all we're thinking about is getting high or getting drunk or whatever. And it becomes like the forefront of our mind. You kind of sink into this idea of like, this is my life. This is the way it's always going to be. I can't get rid of this or whatever. But then, you know, through like, the program and working the steps and the things that we do, the work that it's like all of a sudden, like one day that's, that's just gone. And like, it's a miracle, you know, and I think it can be applied to like all the things in our lives, you know, it's not necessarily all the things that we get or the weird quote unquote coincidences that might happen in our lives but it's also the miracles within us that like how we change and we be, we grow and, you know, does that make any sense at all? No, it, it makes total sense. Dennis. So why don't we do this? Okay. Try to think if you guys can try to think of a couple miracles that you want to share um, and touch on uh, why they're miracles, like why you see them now. So if there's somebody that's new in the program, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's just like really good things that are happening. Like how how you characterize them as miracles uh, instead of just positive things that happen. I, I can share with one first to give you guys uh, some time to kind of think about that. I know w- one of the scariest things for me was when I got sober, I was hoping that. I would gain my wife's trust back like quickly, like without there being any uh, like a long period of time. And you know, when you're like new in sobriety and the first couple weeks feel like, okay, well people should start trusting me again. Like, Hey, I haven't drank in a month. You know uh, I deserve an attaboy or an attagirl. 
And I was kind of hoping that that was going to be the case with my wife. And I remember I was two months sober and I decided to have a conversation with her about uh, if she trusts me. And she's like, you lied to me for years and years about your drinking on several different occasions. How do you expect after only 60 days me to actually trust you? And then it, it turned into like a nasty fight because I was so mad about that and I couldn't understand it. And my sponsor tried to help me. And so I didn't bring it up. And I was thinking about that. I don't know. I, uh, maybe I was like watching a show and it reminded me. And I said to my wife just last night, I said, do you, do you trust me? And she's like, of course I trust you. And I said, even though like all that stuff, and she's like, that was almost six years ago, you know, like that's, that's a ton of days and a ton of time and things where you're not that person anymore, you know? And I, I have to appreciate that because I don't feel like I am, you know, but I think we always hear like other people see the change in us before we see it in ourselves sometimes after we have that time. And now she trusts me. And I can, uh, you know, say, hey, I have to go to the store and get this. And she doesn't say I need to see the receipt. You know, she need to she used to need to see the receipt because she couldn't trust that I wouldn't actually go get alcohol or I wouldn't actually spend money on different things. You know, um, so I'm grateful for that. So for me, uh, having the trust of my wife back after. Uh, putting some time in doing the work is something that I, I consider a miracle because I honestly, even with that conversation that we had two months over, she's like, I might never be able to trust you again, you know? And how are you supposed to, how's that supposed to, if just five, six years ago, she could never trust me. And now she's like, of course I do. Um, that's a miracle of it that to, to actually have earned that trust back. The most obvious miracles are like people, you know, like we think that like who we are is who we are. And like, that's how we're going to be, you know, for me, like coming in to the program, you know, I was filled with like so much anxiety and so much like just guilt and shame and depression, all the nasty stuff that we have. And you know, I, to me, I truly thought like, okay, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to be like. This is my mental illness that I'm going to live with for the rest of my life. And then coming in and like, you know, meeting all the people who gone through similar things that I have and like doing the work and all of this, I slowly am becoming a different person. You know, I feel like I'm still growing every day. And whatnot. And I think like that's a miracle. Like be at one point before I ever came into the rooms, I wasn't like not leaving my house and stuff. And I'd have a panic attack if I like went to the gas station or even sometimes just got up and took a shower, you know, and it was like that that consuming of my life that it, you know, and how it controlled me. And then to like come into the rooms and do the work and slowly get better. You know, I was able to, you know, do things that I've never done before. I tried new things, found some new interest and stuff, more comfortable talking with people and, 
you know, I was able to get on an airplane and like go across the, the other side of the world. And like, to me, it's a miracle because I truly didn't believe that that was possible. You know, I truly didn't believe that I personally would able to be able to do that kind of stuff, you know, like drinking and using, you know, you just didn't deal with anything you like or I didn't deal with anything I just got high and I got drunk and that just made me into a state of numbness about not caring and everything and then when I quit and all of that anxiety and stuff got worse I was like shit I'm never going to be able to function normally without medicating myself in some way and then you know from the help of my higher power and the program and stuff I was I'm able to do things that I couldn't do before yeah yeah i i can see i can see that and it's funny too that uh like i know my sponsors like you know that's a miracle right like when those things happen have you had your sponsor like point out miracles to you yeah i mean not so much in the words of miracles and stuff but he like every once in a while he'll like make a statement of like the award for like the most change, I guess, you know, or growth or whatever goes to me because of how bad I was to like how I am now. Like I'm obviously not the most perfect, best recovered, have the best program or anything, but from the change it's, it's noticeable. So in a way, I guess he acknowledges that it's a miracle, but it's, yeah. Yeah, what do you what do you think, James? You got another miracle for us? Yeah, thanks, Mike. Um, you know, one of the big miracles in my life was um, when I was out there, pretty much at my lowest, still drinking and drugging. Um, I had um, a spiritual encounter, and I, the encounter was with Jesus. And um, I had a Bible in my hand, and I was reading scripture, and um, you know, Jesus talked to me, and he came, and he um, really, really showed me that, you know, that he was love, and that, you know, my life was, it's going to be okay. Like, I, I felt this, just, this kind of hot oil pour over me, I just felt lighter, and I started um, just, you know, saying all the stuff I've done bad, and you know, by doing that, I was just, I just felt relieved, you know, it was kind of like a, uh, a fifth step right there, you know, and after this experience, you know, I, I truly felt, you know, the hand of God had touched me and, and I, I, could, I felt different. And, um, and, uh, I know it was Jesus cause he's, um, he's been there my whole life. You know, I went to church, uh, I've had friends try to talk to me about him and then, you know, in the end, that is my higher power, and that's who I choose to call God. Um, and you know, once that that change occurred, you know, it took a, another month before I, I came into the room. You know, typical alcoholic, but um, you know, finally, I was like, I was changed, and I knew there was a God, and I, I didn't know what to do with this information, and I would still drink at night, but it just didn't feel right. For, a, for about a month, it, it just did not feel right. And then I finally decided to go back into the rooms. 
and it, it seems like once um, I went back in the rooms, like another miracle, I could just, I saw everything, you know, because I had been in the rooms before, but I saw everything with the new pair of glasses and everything was kind of clicking now. And when I stepped foot in that room, the, the desire, the craving, it was completely removed. And that was before even doing the steps. So I, I did the steps to just clean house and to really get right uh, with myself and with uh, those about me and finally just to stay closer to God. Um, so that was definitely one of the biggest, if not the biggest miracle in my life because it truly changed me and made me really see the world and the people in the world um, with love, with loving kindness. So, you know, I try to try to hold up to that on a daily basis. I fail, but <clears throat> I, uh, I run towards God instead of running towards the truth. Yeah, it kind of sounds like, it reminds me of like freedom, you know, like you have the freedom to know that you can get through everything. You know, I uh, shared before that my first meeting, I don't know why, but it felt like somebody put like a warm blanket over me, you know, and, and years later, that's the way like I feel like the stuff that, and then I heard somebody shared that it was like, they felt like it was instead of a warm blanket, it was like a Superman cape. Like you could do anything and that those people are superheroes. And I know it's, it's because of that feeling. And I do think that's part of the miracle. I mean, the only reason that I came to Florida was because I was able to, I was so in the program continuously doing a meeting or two a day and doing a meeting before and after the meeting, which I think is so important when I was in Burlington, Vermont, that when the opportunity came to come down to Florida, I knew that even though I tried to get a job down here, when my wife got the opportunity to move to Florida without a job, I said, you know what? I know that God's got me. I know it'll figure itself out. And the miracle happened when, even though it wasn't full-time work, uh, you know, in the same career path that I was in, in Burlington, Vermont, I, accepted a part-time job in Orlando, Florida, which is such a bigger city and so many more people. And I accepted that over the phone with somebody that I never met just because somebody name dropped me that I knew, you know, and it's such a, I, I look at that as a miracle. Cause it's like, Holy cow, you know, I'm driving the truck with all my stuff jammed in here, moving to Florida. And I got a, text and a call from somebody that I didn't even know that offered me for my time a paycheck you know and uh, I was fortunate of that because if I mean there's a lot of people right now that were let go or furloughed um, and if you don't have any income that is I think one of the scariest things for so many people to not know how you're going to provide for yourself, for your family and pay your bills. And I was so grateful. I, and the first thing that I was going to do anyway, but the first thing that I made sure that I did was like, we got into our apartment in Orlando, Florida at eight o'clock at night, unpacked everything that was in our trucks 
till midnight. And then the next morning was to go to celebrate the morning. Our, our home group at seven was at seven thirty in the morning. I showed up and I made sure I was there early for the meeting, you know, because I think the way that we pay back miracles is by doing what the program lays out. At least that's what I do. You know, I make sure even though miracles will never be fully paid back, you just try your best, you know, to get it done. Dennis, do you have another miracle? Yeah, I like would like touch on like what you were kind of talking about. And it's, it's weird in the sense of like the coincidences on the things that lead us to where we're going in life or whatever or happening in our life. For me, it's like, you know, I have this, not this constant anymore, but it was definitely a constant before of like, what do I have to do, me? What do I physically have to do to like find success or to, to manipulate or, or make my life go in the direction that I want to go in? And, you know, every time I do that and it's, it's like a failure after failure or whatever, but the moment that I like surrender, you know, give it to my higher power and let him take the reins of the of it or whatever. It's almost like these little things happen. Like I end up meeting someone that directs me to where I'm going. Like even me just coming into AA was all just happenstance of me meeting someone, becoming friends with them. And then like over a course of months. Next thing I know, I'm in an AA meeting, finding the help that I that I needed that I didn't know I needed, you know, and it's like that was no doing of my own. And then like with other things like that in life, it's just like these little nudges and pushes that just like right at the right time, I get what I need, you know, even like at times when like I'm going crazy or like, you know, really not doing very well. And then all of a sudden you know, I ask for help or, you know, put it in the hands of God and then something happens. I get the time that I need to rest or I get, you know, someone randomly calling me up to go on a bike ride or something like that, you know, and like it's those little everyday miracles that you really don't even notice most of the time that like kind of just direct us and help us and kind of reaffirms kind of like what James is saying that we are taken care of and that we are you know loved and that we don't have to worry about any of it you know and that's that's a miracle because before all i did was like oh what do i have to do what am i doing wrong what do what do i need to like work harder at or manipulate or you know force to happen you know yeah um trying to trying to think james said you have another miracle i didn't want to put you on the spot if if well no it's just there's so much to talk about Mike. yeah it's just picking the right ones um another one that i could think of was uh, after i had a month sober i found out that i had a blood clot and um it it actually formed in my leg and then it went up into my left lung. And so my lung was slowly dying and I felt this pain. And, um, you know, it's a miracle that it didn't go into my brain because if it went to my brain, it would have instantly killed me. So the fact that it went in my lung was a miracle right there. It was just a matter of going, you know, which one should I choose? And it chose the left lung. Thank you, God. And um, 
you know, it felt like a dagger was just stabbing me in the back. And I was I was living in a hotel at the time, and I remember I could not. I, I would wake up in this tremendous pain, and I thought it was the mattress. And wow. I, I would got on the floor, and that didn't help. And I finally went to the hospital. Um, they found it. Um, major things wrong with me. I was I was had a bleeding esophagus. I was anemic, and I had um, uh, the blood clots in my lung. So, you know. I'm pretty sure it was my lifestyle. I was, I was leading because I was drinking and using pretty heavily up until then, and um, I was able to go to the doctor and they took care of me. I was in there for a week, and then, you know, afterwards we had to leave the hotel. So we, our big plan was to drive up to Nebraska to stay with my parents. Meanwhile, I don't know if you guys know this. You get blood clots if you are sitting for a long period of time, like. Uh, truck drivers get it pilots get it um and my plan was to go drive to nebraska well we got to celebration to say hi to her parents and her mom's a nurse and she um basically said like yeah you know you guys why don't you stay here um and then they got me back into the hospital i was running excuse me through that little act, act of kindness, dude, to um, stay here and really rebuild our lives. And by rebuilding, I mean, I've, I've been able to work the steps, get a sponsor. I got a job. As soon as I got out of the hospital, pretty much, I, I went looking for work. because I was like, there's no way I'm staying at my in-laws and not working. <laughs> and I got hired on the spot. It was, it was crazy, you know, usually – uh, you know, it takes a little bit. And then, and, and then I've created this fellowship that has just sprung about of like truly loving and caring friends that, you know, that I can be there for and they can be for me. And, you know, it's so, and not to mention the town, the town is just remarkable. And I'm five minutes away from Disney World. So these are all like just a bunch of miracles from, you know, because I don't know if, if I wouldn't have got that blood clot and, you know, been hospitalized, you know, maybe her mom, who is a nurse, might not have had so much pity on me and been like, yeah, have fun in Nebraska. You know, you don't. <laughs> so, you know, if you think about this, but, you know, what a blessing it has been. And, you know, we've been here three years now and, you know, it seems like just yesterday I moved here. Her parents are probably getting sick of us. <laughs> We're actually pretty good tenants, though. I'd like to say so. Yeah, I, I think so. And the fact that through this all, you know, the, the reason that we're in our uh, separate uh, mobile studios while we're doing this is the fact that you care so much for them that you want to make sure also that you don't contaminate the household and go out and see, see us jabronis, you know. Uh, you know, who knows what Dennis and I are carrying, you know? So make oh, sure man. that yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be safe. Yeah. I've got my mask and my hand sanitizer. Yeah, yeah, but are you the no I'm kidding. Uh yes. it's but you never know, you know. So yeah. you caring so much uh for them, James, like obviously they're gonna care for you and be like, Yeah, maybe don't go to Nebraska, you know. And uh, that's because of the person that you are. If you were the old you, who knows? 
maybe also, they maybe they would have been like, man, if we can just give this guy some blood clots, you know, then everything will be good, you know. So it, it's because of who you are today. Yeah, and what and it's really been a blessing to like get to know you know, my wife's parents on a very intimate and real level. They're so, you know, you guys know my wife. They're they're both kind of like her, very articulate, and they there's no nonsense, and they really know what life is about. And to my wife, you know, is just like that, but she got the alcoholic gene. So they're just like, she's been like, over the past three years, her, she, she's been the one that's been like really – like she loves our milestones. She read the book, the big book, and she really got into it. Her dad, not he's like, yeah, whatever, just leave me out of it. <laughs> but it's it's very interesting, you know. And then my parents are another story. I'm if I would have went to my parents, they're still in active alcoholism, and and I don't think I would have made it. So that was another another good reason to stay here you know now that i i'm just thinking about this now but it might have been a different story if i went up to nebraska guys yeah oh i I, i'm sure and you know what i think you know the phrase everything happens for a reason is uh for me whenever anybody says that um or or the phrase it is what it is um that is someone without saying it I, whenever I hear those phrases, I'm like, yeah, it's because it's God. God's doing, God's like choosing all this. And even though we don't, might not see the benefit from it, you know, it's like when somebody is taken from us in a tragic way. Um, I, I try to, even though there's so much pain and right now there's a lot of people that are passing away, uh, that can't see their loved ones. And they can't see why it's happening. It's like it's not us uh, up to us to understand it, you know. It's to I think try to help those people and be there for those people, you know. Service doesn't have to uh, begin and end in the rooms. It's not meant to, you know. It's supposed to be where those those light and kind of picking out uh, some positive moments in other people's lives, you know, not telling them how to to do it but if they uh need help and they're going through a problem maybe they will uh turn to us because they see something in us and see the change you know i think it's pretty pretty amazing what do you think dennis yeah absolutely i think it's it's you know a lot of like what y'all illustrated it's a lot of the bad things that have happened in our lives, especially at the end of our, you know, drinking and stuff, when things got really bad, you know, directed us in a way to the lives that we have now, you know, and like they're better than they were before. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, when you're going through shit, it's really, really hard to see that there's any other purpose in it besides just our suffering or our whatever. But if we look back like historically and we look back on our lives and stuff, like something good has always come out of that, you know? And it's like, you know, James didn't have the blood clot where he'd be sitting here on the phone with us right now. Chances are probably not. You know, if I didn't have like really bad anxiety and all of that kind of stuff, would I ever, 
moved up here from where I was living and, you know, started the process of being where I am now? Probably not. And I think it's, it's a good thing to remember that even like the stuff that we're going through right now and all the crazy stuff that's happening in the world right now, that ultimately there is good that's going to come out of it in the, you know, us and the world and everyone's going to be better off at the end of it. You know, totally, totally. Is there any, anything else you guys want to add in to, uh, to miracles in this episode? Um, just real quick, I've you know, been able to really, it's a miracle for me and get out of my self and really be okay in the peace and, and be mindful of my thoughts. I never, that was not a concept that up until like maybe two years ago that I didn't even, I didn't even know it, it existed, you know, to like get a thought, be able to look at that thought and then just dismiss it and then be okay in the present moment. That's a true miracle for me because my mind has been crazy my whole life. So, you know, just a little miracle like that has helped me tremendously. Yeah. Well, I, I love you guys. And uh, even though I didn't say it, uh, you guys are definitely um, people that I turn to. And not that I want to call you guys miracles. Like we have a text group between the three of us. and We were joking around that James has so many miracles. Maybe he can let us borrow some. But uh, I do I do think that uh, the both of you, I appreciate you every single week that we're able to connect and talk about stuff that uh, honestly, I don't think it's talked about in the meeting after the meeting because there's other people that are, aren't a part of this group. But everyone that's listening know that you're a part of the, you know, we're all defective characters and we get be- better, you know, one day at a time, you know, and and I appreciate you guys actually being in my life oh you're so sweet i appreciate you guys well let's let's close out this episode uh the way that we do we will be back next thursday sharing our experience strength and hope to you on episode 45 we're the defective characters entirely ready to have all these character defects removed remember what is it james don't quit before the miracle happens and we'll see you sorry gunny sergeant yeah (laughs) 